Welcome to Gateway Church Cymru, a church where anyone can be transformed by the story of Jesus. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's Word. I'm also excited because today we're going to begin a new series uh, that we're going to be going through on a Sunday morning over the next couple of weeks. And it's something that this series is, is something that God has laid on my heart. And the title of this series is Hope overflowing hope overflowing and if you've got your mobiles this morning if you like to take notes then you can download uh, the sermon notes for today's message on our website gatewaychurchcomery.co.uk forward slash sermon notes and you can even add your own notes into that this morning but we're going to begin this new series called hope overflowing and before we begin this series can we pray and let's just commit this series to the Lord. You know, it's not about my words or, or anything like that. I pray that God's word in this series, God would anoint it. That God would speak to each and every single person in, the, in this place. And even those who aren't here and listening on podcast today, I pray that this message would encourage you. And that God would anoint it. And that you would see transformation even in your heart and your spirit. Amen. Let's pray. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you this morning that you are our hope, Lord. Lord, that the we can put our hope in you, Lord Jesus. And Lord, we thank you even for your word, Lord. Your word which brings life. Your word which brings transformation. Your word which encourages. Your word which lives up. Your word which also corrects and, and instructs and guides, oh Lord. We thank you for your word. And Lord, I pray this morning, Lord, that you would anoint this word today, Lord. Lord, anoint my lips today, Lord. May it not be me, Lord. I pray that I would be disappear and that you would be seen today, Jesus. That you would be glorified, Lord God. And Lord, I pray even over these coming weeks as we go through this series, Lord, I pray there would be a spiritual shift, a shift in this place. In hearts and lives, oh God, that something will begin to rise in people's spirits, oh God. Lord, that you would begin to work. And Lord, that you would be glorified in and through it all. So Lord, we thank you and commit this to you now. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So the, the title of this message today and the title of this series is called Hope Overflowing. And if you've got a Bible today, can you please turn to the book of Romans, Romans chapter 15. And we're going to read verse 1 to 13 together. It's the second book in the New Testament, just after the book of Acts. And uh, we're going to be diving into, in particular, this passage. And uh, and verse 13 is going to be, of this passage of Romans 15, verse 13 is going to be the main scripture for this series. This is what the series is built, upon, uh, built around. So Romans chapter 15, but we're going to read verse 1 to 13 together. And this is the Apostle Paul again writing to the church in Rome. And he says, We who are strong ought to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Each of us should please our neighbors for their good, to build them up. For even Christ did not please himself, but, as it is written, the insults of those who insult you have fallen on me. For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us, so that through the endurance taught in scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind towards each other that Christ Jesus had, so that with one mind and one voice you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Accept one another then, just as Christ accepted you, in order to bring praise to God. 
For I tell you that Christ has become a servant of the Jews on behalf of God's truth, so that the promises made to the patriarchs might be confirmed, and moreover that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. As it is written, Therefore I will praise you among the Gentiles. I will sing praises of your name. Again it says, Rejoice you Gentiles with his people. And again, Praise the Lord, all you Gentiles. Praise the Lord, all you Gentiles. Let all the peoples extol him. And again, Isaiah says, The root of Jesse will spring up, one who will arise to rule over the nations. In him, the Gentiles will hope. We are the Gentiles this morning. Those who are, who are not the Jews, we are Gentiles this morning. And he is our hope. And then it says there, and this is our key verse for this passage and for this series. Verse 13. May the God of hope Fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, I, I want us to know as we begin this series this morning, as we start this series, I, I want you to know that I didn't just make up this series just to fill in a gap as we've come to the end of our Holy Spirit. I didn't want to just create a series that would just fill a gap up until we get up to Christmas. I didn't create this series just to sound cool or to sound great. I didn't create, copy this series from anybody else. This series came as I spent time with the Lord and I believe that God was speaking to me and laying this on my heart. And it's something that God has been clearly speaking to me about over the last couple of weeks. And I believe that this series is for us as a church at this moment in time. This series isn't for uh, Peniel Church, it isn't for Oasis Church or, or Bryn Zion Church or Hope Church or Cannon Valley Church. It isn't for any of these churches. I believe the Lord wants to speak to us, Gateway Church, through this series right at this moment in time. I believe that as a church, we are currently involved in a spiritual battle. We're involved in a spiritual battle. The Bible tells us that, tells us that, that as believers, we're involved in spiritual warfare and we're to fight in the spiritual realm. We're, we're involved in this if we're believers in Jesus. But I believe we're involved in a spiritual battle at this moment in time. And I believe it's a battle that we're losing. And I believe it's a battle we're losing because I believe that we're not aware of it and we don't know how to engage in it. It's a battle that we're involved in that we're losing. I honestly believe that and you know I believe that I can say that this morning as the pastor of this church you know I can I, I, I sense that spiritual you know I can put my hand on the pulse and sense where we are you know as I spend time with God the Lord reveals these things and you know I believe it's a battle that we are losing it's a battle that I've been involved in that I had no idea about and that I've lost time and time again this battle that we're involved in it's not against other people it's not a physical battle it's not a physical fight we're not fighting other people we're not fighting those in our community or anything like that and it's not a battle in the natural. It's a battle, as I said, that's taking place in the spiritual realm against Satan and the powers of darkness. I believe that. And I believe this battle is not for our faith. It's not for your faith. It's not for our health. It's not for our peace. It's not for our joy. I believe the battle is a battle for your hope. It's a battle for our hope as a church. I believe the enemy is trying to steal and uh, steal our hope as a church. That we would be a, a church without hope. That we would be hopeless as a people. That as believers we would be a hopeless people. I believe that Satan is trying to take away our hope as a church. But also, I believe that Satan is trying to take every single one of our hope away from us. He's trying to steal your hope. Dad, Will, he's trying to steal your hope. 
this morning. Robbie's trying to steal your hope. Julie's trying to steal your hope. Pastor Tony's trying to steal your hope. He's trying to steal our hope at this moment in time. You know, as I said, this, isn't so, this is something that I wasn't even aware of. Um, even up to about a month ago, until a month ago, the Lord began to speak to me through his word and by his spirit. And maybe this morning, you know, you've come here. Many of you are strong in your faith. You believe God. And that faith is dependent upon what God has done in the past. You're strong in your faith. You believe in God. You believe in Him. But maybe there's someone here this morning and you've lost your hope. You believe God. You trust God. But you just don't have hope anymore that anything will change in your life. There's nothing, the circumstance is never going to change. The, the, your situation's never going to change. Your loved one's never going to change. You've just lost that hope. And maybe even this morning, you've lost your hope in God that God will actually provide what he's promised you. Maybe there's someone here today and God has given you a promise and he gave you a promise many years ago, but it hasn't come to pass. And as a result, you've lost your hope in God for it. You've lost your hope. And my prayer for us today, and especially over the next couple of weeks, is that we would open up our ears and that we would open up our hearts to hear what the Lord is saying to us. Not what I'm saying, what the Lord is saying to us as a church, as a people, you know, my prayer is that as we come, uh, uh, when we come to the end of this series, that there would be a real change in this place amongst us. There would be a real spiritual change and that, that we as a people would be overflowing with hope. I don't, my prayer is that you, as we go through this series, that you wouldn't just be filled with hope and that would be it, but there would be an overflow of your hope that will begin to encourage others and lift others that will be pouring out of you that will begin to lift up and change the atmosphere, even of those around you. That there will be an overflow of hope. And so we're going to begin our series this morning, and we're going to begin by looking at what is hope? What is hope? What is hope? You know, every day we use this small but powerful word, hope. I'm sure maybe even some of you this morning have used that word already before you left this place. You know, before you got to this place. We use it every day, don't we? I hope you feel better. Hope everything works out for you. Hope I get an A in that class. I hope she likes me. That was one I used to use quite often. <laughs> hope she likes me. I hope Flo likes me. <laughs> I hope to make a difference in the world. I hope that their marriage makes it. Hope I get that job. Hope I get to church on time in the traffic lights on all we have this morning. I hope all this Brexit nonsense would just come to an end and that we would either be in or out. I just hope it comes to an end. Every day we use this word hope, don't we? We use it. It's a small word, but it's a powerful word. Every day we use it. But what is it? What is hope? Well, the Oxford Dictionary defines hope as this. It's a feeling of expectation and a desire for a particular thing happen so there's this this expectation that maybe something's going to happen i hope something's going to happen something you know good's going to happen something's going to change and you know everything's going to be all right i hope something's going to happen that's a pretty good definition isn't it pretty good definition of what hope is i'm sure we'd all agree yeah yeah that makes sense that sounds right to me that's what hope sounds like to me you know as i was even just praying over this series i didn't want to just know the oxford dictionary's definition of it i wanted to know what the bible's definition of it is what does the word of God say about hope? And you know, when I began to study, when I began to read, hope in the Bible 
is totally different to the way that hope is used in this world and what hope is in this world. I know if we want to understand, if we want to grow in hope, if we want to be overflowing in hope, then first of all, we need to understand what hope is and how we, for believers, what hope is for us as Christians. We need to understand what the Word of God says about hope and what hope is for you and for I. Don't want to just know that dictionary definition. We need to know what the Scripture says about hope and, and what true biblical hope looks like. You know, as I've said, we need to realize that the most important feature of hope isn't present in any of the ways that the world uses hope. The most important feature of biblical hope is totally different to the world's way of hope. And you know, this, this meaning of hope is opposite to the way that you use it. You know, I hope it all works out. I hope we get there. You know, I hope that, you know, all these things. It's totally different. You might say, well, does that mean that the hope in the Bible is a desire for bad things to happen. No, totally not. It's not a desire for bad things. Hope in the Bible isn't hoping, I'm hoping something bad will happen. I'm not on about that, how it being opposite like that. I'm not on about that. It doesn't mean either that it's, it's different because it rejects good, you know. It, it rejects good. It, it's not that type of hope. It's not opposite in those senses. It's opposite because ordinary, ordinarily, and in this world, we use this word hope. And when we use it, we express uncertainty rather than certainty. That's where the difference lies for biblical hope and the way the world uses hope. When the, way, the world uses hope and says, you know, I hope it works out. There's an uncertainty to it. You know, I'm not quite sure something might happen, something may not happen. But when I began to read the word of God... When I began to see how hope is used in the Bible and how people began, were overflowing with hope, we see that actually it isn't about an uncertainty, for there's a certainty in biblical hope. There's a certainty to it. It's not something may happen, it's something's going to happen. Something is definitely going to happen. And that is the difference between biblical hope and worldly hope. And you know, this morning I want to show you from Scripture that, that biblical hope is not just a desire for something good in the future, but rather it's a confident expectation and desire for something good in the future. Biblical hope is saying, I'm not hoping something good will happen. It's saying, I know for a fact that something good is going to happen. I know. I have this expectation. I have this confidence knowing that what God has said, it will come to pass. I have this expectation that God is going to be with me through it all. I have this confidence. I'm not uncertain. I'm not shaking. I'm not afraid because I'm certain that it's going to, God's going to come through in what he said. That's what biblical hope is. There is a difference between it. Biblical hope not only desires for good in the future, it expects it to happen. Have you lost that expectation for the good thing to happen in your life? Have you lost that this morning? You know, it's in, and what's incredible about biblical hope is that not only does it expect it to happen, it's confident it's going to happen. It's definitely going to happen. It's definitely going to happen. You know, you see some people, don't you, and they're so confident in themselves and they're assured of themselves and they go, they're like, yeah, I know who I am. I know I can do this. I've got this, no problem. That's kind of what this biblical hope is. It's saying, God's got it. It's not I've got it. God's going to do it. God's going to turn up. God's going to answer. God's going to break through. God's going to change. God's going to do it. I'm sure. And you know, to some people, to the world, that might seem arrogant, but it's not. It's a total dependence and trust in our God and in who He is and in His character. 
it's a hope, it's a confidence. You know, when the world uses uh, that word hope, it uses it like, uh, this is probably one of the sayings that I hate the most. Oh, cross my, uh, you know, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed it'll all work out. How in the world is crossing my fingers going to change my marriage? How in the world is crossing my fingers going to heal me? How in the world is crossing my fingers going to change this nation? But biblical hope is not that. In the words of William Carey, I love what he said. Expect great things from God. That's what biblical hope is. I'm expecting great things from my God. My God's going to do it. My God's, I've got this assurance. I've got this confidence. God's going to do it. God is going to do it. Big, if I, I'm trying to sound theological here this morning. So, Baker's Evangelical Dictionary of Biblical Theology. Anybody got that book on their shelves? Great book. <laughs> it states that hope in the Bible, in the New Testament and in the Old Testament, is actually very closely connected to the word trust. That's where we get that word. Hope, trust is very closely connected in both in the way it's used in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. It's a trust. It's an assurance. I trust. You know, just like we trust, you know, the bank to look after all of our money. You know, we trust them. It's secure with them. We have a confidence. It's basically like that. That biblical hope is this trust and this confidence in God. I know He is. He's faithful. He's, he's true. He's sincere. He's, he's uh, you know, a God of integrity. He's, I can trust. And that's how the Bible uses the word hope. It's by biblical hope has certainty in it. And as I said, biblical hope is also different in the way this world uses the word hope. Because biblical hope is not in circumstances. It's not in people. It's not in material things or in anything of this world. Biblical hope is a hope that is in God and God alone. That's what true biblical hope is. And that is what lasting hope is. If you want to have a hope that endures, then you need to put your hope in God and not things of this world. I don't know about you, but even, you know, even as I shared last week, so often we put our trust and our dependence in everything else but God. In our own strength, in our tools, in our resources, in our money, in the people. Our hope needs to be in God. That's what biblical hope is. It's hope in God. You might be wondering this morning, where can I find this example? You know, I might have explained all this to you, but I want to test it out in Scripture, you know, because we're a good, solid church. I know most of you, yes, we need to test it with Scripture, you know, test and make sure the pastor's got it right. Well, you can find this many places in the Bible, in the Old Testament, in the New Testament. But this morning, I want to just show us an example in the New Testament. And if you've got a Bible, can you jump over to Hebrews chapter 6? It's going to be up on the screen behind me, if you can read the font. Hebrews chapter 6, and we're going to read verse 9 to 12. And many people believe that it was the Apostle Paul, even though they're unsure, many people believe the Apostle Paul wrote this letter to the Hebrews. And uh, we see here in this particular passage that the writer, he's warning his readers. And the reason he's warning these readers is because these readers, these people who he's writing to, they had surrendered their lives to Jesus, they put their trust in Jesus, they were believers. They had this incredible religious encounter with God, this incredible religious experience. But yet there was this temptation for them to go back to their old way of doing things, to go back to their Jewish traditions, and actually for them to commit apostasy. Now, you might be wondering for some of you, what on earth is apostasy? I have no idea. Well, apostasy is basically to reject or renounce your belief in something. And, basic, and apostasy in this sense is, the, the, there was this temptation to reject and renounce their belief in Jesus. 
there was this temptation that came that these believers who started so great for God they now were tempted to go back to the old way of doing things and saying sorry Jesus I never knew you I don't know who you are and I don't belong to you and you know apostasy when you somebody commits apostasy there's no way of return once they commit that in their heart you know obviously I know maybe you know God can change that but but often we see there's no point of return for them when somebody decides in their heart I'm not gonna follow God again it's very very difficult and the writer of Hebrews he wants to encourage them not to commit apostasy not to go back not to go back but you know it's interesting as we read this uh, how uh, read this language how he puts it down there's this assurance there's this hope that he has that they won't actually fall back they won't commit apostasy that they will keep going on in the Lord and it says it like this in Hebrews chapter 6 verse 9 to 12 even though we speak like this dear friends dear friends we are convinced of better things in your case don't know about you but that sounds like hope to me we're convinced of better things in your case the things that have to do with your salvation God is not unjust he will not forget your work and the love you have shown him as you have helped his people and listen as you continue to help them this is where his hope is we want each of you to show the same diligence to the very end so that what you hope for may be fully realized we don't want you to become lazy but to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what has been promised so this writer here even though there's this temptation for these believers to fall away and to, to reject Jesus and to go back to their old way, the writer is confident, he has this hope, he has this assurance that they will not go back to that way, that they will continue to serve and belong to Jesus. And one of the reasons for that is because he says there in the last part, of, uh, in, in verse, uh, verse 10, he says that once you, you have shown him that you love him because you helped his people and you continue you had this hope and you're saying that I know you're not going to go back because you're still serving and trying to help people for the name of Jesus you're still trying to be there even though you're tempted to fall back you're still there you're still there and for some of you this morning you maybe feel like that you've come here and you feel like I you know I don't want to be in church I don't want to be there anymore I, I'm bored you know I, I feel led away I, I don't care anymore I'm not interested anymore but you know I thank God this morning that you're still here you might think, yeah, I'm ready to pack it in, but you're still here. And if you're still here, this morning I have a hope and a confidence that God will change that. That God will remove those lies of the enemy. That this morning you will once again find that fresh fire again. That fresh passion to serve God and love for God. That's what I'm praying for. You might think, yeah, I'm ready to pack it in. But you're still here. And I'm, I'm like Paul this morning. It's still you, Lord. It's still you. It's still a possibility, God. Even though they, they might not love you, maybe, even though they might not have the same passion as they once did, and you know, I've known them, God, I believe you can do it again. I believe you can. And that's my prayer. And that's what he was saying. I have this hope, this hope, this confidence. And it isn't like, oh, maybe they might turn out. It's, I know they will, because God is working in them, and they're still working for God. I believe that. That's what he was saying. And there's this emphasis of perseverance in the end of verse 10 that you continue to help them you love the saints and you continue to you know and what it shows us is that this group of people their conversion wasn't just a conversion that, that happened in the sole survivor of their time 
It wasn't a conversion, just a quick mental you know, decision that they made in a kids club or a Hillsong conference or a Billy Graham crusade. This wasn't just a quick little mental decision. They said, okay, maybe now I'm going to send, surrender my life to Jesus. But we see that this was actually a true conversion because they were continuing in their faith. I know that is one proof that we are becoming more and more like Jesus, that we are truly saved, is that there will be a perseverance. There will be this continuation by the strength and power and help of the Holy Spirit, but there will be a continuance and this perseverance that we're going to keep serving God. And you know, that shows this a fruit of true godliness. You know, many, many of you here, you know, have been here for years and years and years. And many of you are still on fire for God. And that just proves that you are, you know, you've had that true experience and that encounter with God. And I pray that for my life and for all of our young people. But also not for our young people, for all new people as well. You know, as a church, as I said, we don't want to see people come in one week, you know, have this incredible encounter with God and then never see them again. We want to see true lasting fruit for the glory of God. We want to see people who will be here into their 80s and their 90s. Children, even like, you know, young Blake in there. I pray that he would, you know, come to know the Lord and grow right the way through and many, many more. That's what we're praying for, that they would be there to the end. Because Christianity isn't a, um, a sprint, it's a marathon. You know, at the end, I want to hear those words, well done, good and faithful servant. And we all want to hear that. And that's what he's saying, to keep persevere. There and he feels sure because they're still there, he feels sure that they are going to continue in their faith. And then he encourages them in verse 11 or 12 not to become lazy. And then he describes this battle that's going on and he describes it in terms of hope, not just in love and service. He describes it in hope in verse 11 to 12. He says, We want each of you to show the same diligence to the very end so that what you hope for may be fully realized even the right today he recognizes this is battle for your hope and that's one of the reasons why you feel like falling away because you've lost this hope but he's saying i'm praying and i'm i'm hoping that you will continue that once again you will refine that hope that you once had in the lord that hope for greater day for a better future and you know as a church i want us to note this morning that i know you know i don't want us to stay where we are as a church I have a hope that God's promise will come to pass, that this place will be rammed with people who are on fire for Jesus. And my hope is that this place, that one day we'll have to look for a new building. That is my hope. We are not content to stay where we are, but we're going to keep going forward as a church. We're not going to keep clinging to our traditions of the past, but we're going to follow the Spirit of God. We're going to change to reach our community without compromising, but we want to reach today's generation. We're going to move forward. We're going to believe for a better day. We're going to believe that God is going to move by His Spirit within this house. And so He encourages them. This battle is for your hope. Don't lose your hope. Keep pursuing God. Let our passion refire again. You know, we, my father and I, we went to the AOG conference yesterday and there was this one line this one guy said and he said, you know, many of our churches are filled with older people, but he said it's time to refire the retired. I thought that's fantastic. Many of you here this morning might, you know, class yourself in the retired category. I'm not going to point out people, <laughs> but many of you might consider yourself in the retired category. You know, I, I'm older now, I can just sit back I love that. And you know, God dropped that in my heart. It's time to refire the retired. You still have a purpose in this church. And you know, I believe that God wants to use you now more than he did in the past. 
There is a, God wants to use you to encourage this next generation, not just to give a phone call here or there, or, or not just to lift chairs or anything. You need to get around young people and encourage them like never before. Get around young families. Get around those who are single and lonely. Get around those who need you. You have a purpose here. And your part to play is going to be significant in what God is going to do in this place. It is not just a small part. It is a significant part. You know, in a couple of weeks' time, we're going to continue our Revive series. And even looking at the Hebrides revival, how God changed an island. It started with two women in the 90s. If God can use them, God can use many of you here this morning. You were part, is significant in this church. Don't ever doubt that. Don't believe that we're only pushing for the young people and we push. We want people of all ages. And every single age can be used by God in encouraging the church and moving the church forward. That is a part for you. And I pray that you will keep that passion burning. And I also want to encourage our young guys here this morning. Believe again for God to use you in your life. Believe again. Don't lose your hope. Don't let the enemy rob you of your hope this morning. Don't let him steal that hope from you this morning. Let, cling to God like never before. And I pray, and I pray for us as a church that God will breathe, begin to breathe in your lives again. A fresh hope for God. Fresh trust in God. A fresh dependence of God. And a hunger to know him and serve him. There is a battle going on. But we need to fight it's time as a church, and I believe this, you know, we're going to come to a conclusion very soon, but I believe this morning it is time for us as a church to get fighting again. Many of us have accepted the way things are. Many of us are losing this battle for hope, but God wants to encourage us and remind us this morning, why so downcast on my soul? Put your hope in God. Gateway Church, put your hope in God. Luke Morgan, put your hope in God. Put your hope in God this morning hope for a future says in jeremiah 29 for 11 for i know the plans i have for you says the lord plans to prosper you not to harm you to give you a hope and a future to give you a hope and a future i put this down and i want us to if you don't remember anything else pray you remember this keep your hope hot keep your hope hot don't let it die out. Don't let it get cold. Keep your hope hot this morning. Keep it hot. And how can you keep your hope hot? Start getting into the word of God and seeing all that God has done. Open up those old journals of, uh, where you wrote down all the victories that God has brought in your life. Begin to sh share with other people what Jesus has done in your life. And you watch what God will do. You watch how his spirit will begin to rekindle it. You know, yesterday, as I said, we went to the AOG conference. That, it was incredible to see what God is doing up in Newtown. That place is packed out. I know we rekindled that fire in my heart. If it can happen in Newtown in the middle of nowhere, and they've got 400, 500 people going every Sunday, I believe it can happen in this place. Because God is the same God. God can change young families. He can begin to draw back the backsliders. God can set the, free, the chains of those who are bound free. He is able to do it. He's the same God here as he is up there. He's the same God here as he is in Hillsong and Brooklyn Tabernacle and all these churches. He's the same God. And he's able to do it here. And we believe he's going to do it because he's promised us as a church. Latter days are going to be greater than the former days. They're going to be better. It's a better day. And God wants to... I believe one of the reasons why God keeps laying that word on my heart and to share it week in, week out is to cause that hope to rise within our hearts. Something better has come in. Greater days come in. God's going to do something in this place that's never been done before. You know, we were hearing about missionaries being sent out from different churches yesterday. We once sent out over 50 missionaries from this church. 
If the latter days are going to be greater than the former days, then I'm believing for 100 from this place in one day. We're going to go out and touch this world for the glory of God. You know, once we used to have a, a youth that was packed out on fire for Jesus, the enemy would come along. It ain't going to happen. But this morning, I believe with all my heart, as we start youth even Friday, that's going to be even greater. And not just young people making decisions, young people who are soundly saved and growing in their faith. Young leaders being raised up in this place. How many of you believe for that? New leaders, new pastors, new evangelists, new teachers. I'm believing for it. And not because I'm saying it or because I'm, you know, in the worldly sense, hope for it. I'm hoping in God this morning. Because our God is a miracle working God. He's the way making God. He's the promise keeping God. He's the God who changes the impossible situations. So I want to encourage us this morning. Keep your hope hot. Hope in God. You know, we're going to continue looking in a few weeks. uh, Next week, we're going to look at the difference between faith and hope. Because there is a subtle difference between faith and hope. And we need to realize that. But, you know, I just feel led to conclude this morning on this point this morning that maybe you've come here today and you you didn't realize maybe you didn't realize that this battle was for your hope the spirit of God has begun to reveal that to you yeah this is the battle I'm actually involved in it's not a battle for my faith or or my joy or my peace or my health I'm actually involved in a battle for hope I pray the spirit of God and the word of God would reveal that to you today as he did with me And I pray that by the Spirit of God and the Word of God that we will begin to engage with this battle. Because when we engage, we'll see the victory. I know we've already won the victory because Jesus rose again. He is our hope this morning. He defeated Satan. He defeated it all. And we're on victory side this morning. And so I believe and I want to declare for us this morning that a greater day is coming. Get ready for it. And you know, even on Tuesday in the prayer meeting, Irene said... Is it wrong for us to believe that we'll see that promise come to pass in our time? I said, definitely not. I pray that each and every one of us will be amazed by what God has done. That each and every one of us will be alive to see that happen. The promise come to pass in our time. For the glory of God. Not for our glory or so that we might boast or the Gateway Church would be seen or look more. It's not about us. It's all about Jesus being seen and the kingdom of God being extended. That's why we're here. That's why we're here. And so my prayer is at the end of this series... That there would be a declaration from this church. And I pray we would declare it this morning as we leave this place. And it would be very clearly, very profoundly, very simply, hoping God. That as you begin to speak to people at the end of the service, don't begin to moan and complain about your situations. Say, I'm hoping in God today. I'm hoping in God. I'm hoping in Him. That's all my prayer is at the end of the series. That there would be this declaration that comes from this house. There would be sound from this house that reaches Aberdeen. Hope in God. That we would declare to Abraham this morning. Hope in God, Abraham. There's a future. There's a greater day ahead. That it would just spill out to everybody we come in contact with. That person hopes in God. There's something so different. They're so hopeful. What is it about them? They hope in God. So may that be our declaration this morning. And for some of you who are struggling... Speak to your soul. Why so downcast? Oh, my soul. Are you hoping, God? Begin to speak this morning. Don't stay silent. Don't allow the enemy to whisper in your heart and in your mind. Begin to declare this morning. My hope is in God, Satan. My hope is in Him today. I'm standing on the promises of God. I'm standing on the Word of God. I'm hoping in my God today. Amen. Shall we pray?
Thanks again for listening to this podcast. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe. And check out our podcast channel for past episodes. For more content from Gateway and to connect with us, go to gatewaychurchcumry.co.uk. Have a great day.